Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm in love with Samara Weaving. I'm Hannah. Honestly, same. Yeah. She has she has a really beautiful face. Like, her eyes are so expressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's beautiful. We stand. There are a lot Honestly, of beautiful that is- people in this movie. That's true. This is kind of the Honestly, theme of yeah. the film is I love Samara Weaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at some yeah, point. So we watched. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, um, we watched The Babysitter. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah, at long last. Um, I know a lot of people have like requested for us to watch this. So uh, we done did it. We You're done welcome. did it. Finally. We'll yeah, probably watch was... the, the other one in the future, but probably not for a while. We've got a few things planned for the upcoming month. Yeah, we've got um, a really solid lineup for Spooky Month. So uh, yeah. super hyped about that. You guys, mm, I can't say that much, but um, there's some really exciting stuff happening. So yeah. stay tuned. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. This will be a spooky month to remember all- here on the Netflix and Kill podcast. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, this movie was really good. And um, I just say that as if I'm surprised, but like, I guess for me, this was my first time watching it. It had been hyped up a lot. So like, I was kind of skeptical going in just because I don't, you know, I don't want to overhype anything in my mind but um yeah it was it was really good yeah yeah i had um seen it before i kind of had the same approach to it that i had with creep where i'd heard like whispers in the winds that it was a good film um but i didn't know what to expect uh all i knew was samara weaving was in it and it looked a little bit kind of i'm trying to think of the word very bright very vibrant colors mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, if they ever put Ready or Not on Netflix, like, we 100% need to cover that one, too. I loved that movie. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ready or Not, you know what? I think, like, even if they don't put it on Netflix, that might be one that's at some point we'll have to make an exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Because it's so much fun. Oh, um, so this last weekend, so I, this last weekend I went to Texas Frightmare. Um, I want to tell y'all, there was a little girl running around there dressed up as Samara Weaving's character from Ready or Not. It was super cute. Oh, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. It's so sweet. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll have to, like, do a whole thing about my update on what Frightmare was like, because it was fun. Yes. Um, but you have some exciting, yeah, some really exciting stories from Frightmare. We have. We have a, a movie to talk about, so we're going to talk about that. I just wanted to tell y'all about the little girl that was so cute, dressed yeah. up like Samara Weaving in that movie. I love... Kids who are into horror movies are, like, so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, when I there worked at the so Haunted House... There there. When I worked at the Haunted House, it just made me so happy to, like, see mm-hmm. all these little kids just be so excited. And, like, well, it was, it was like they were meeting celebrities. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I saw a video the other day of like a little girl running up to Michael Myers at a spirit Halloween, like the Michael Myers animatronics. And she was just like dancing along to the little Halloween theme. And I just, it was so cute. I love that. That's probably my favorite part about my new job because I got a job at the Halloween store. I'm kind of living the spooky life right now. (laughs) You are. But, like, my favorite thing is when kids come in and they're just, like, so excited about, like, all the costumes and all the bloody stuff. I'm like, yes. Get them in there early. Yes. (laughs) It's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of, there is a child in this movie who hopefully develops a healthy taste for horror and how he processes his trauma. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, so the babysitter is about Cole, who gets picked on a whole bunch at school. Um, he's twelve years old, and he has a babysitter named B. And B is like really cool, and like she hangs out with him, and like he like they have really, a really likes sweet her as a friendship. Person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like she protects him from bullies, and like he's really nerdy, and. Um, that's, like, the setup for this, and then, uh, one day, Cole's parents go off, and, like, they're going to, uh, like, stay in a hotel for a night, (laughs) um, and, uh, B, like, is, like, hanging out with him for the whole day, and that night, um, like, when Cole goes to bed, um, she invites all of her friends over, and they play Spin the Bottle, and... Murder a kid in his living room. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they basically have a deal with the devil. And so yep. they're sacrificing this guy and getting his blood. Mm-hmm. And then they also stole Cole's blood at one point because Cole is like freaking out. He calls the cops and then he pretends to be asleep because they come upstairs. Um, and like... You think that they're gonna, like, try to kill him, but, like, they don't. Like, B is, like, they just, like, get out a little syringe and take his blood, which I think is funny. Like, they just, like, straight up murder a guy, but they won't, they won't do that with the kid either. Which, okay, that's kind of cool. You got some boundaries, but, like, also, (laughs) it's, like, a little subverting what I was expecting to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they only start Uh, going after Cole. I think they discover him trying to escape the house, yeah, so and then like, they tie him up. <laughs> so what happens is, like, they leave the room after they've taken his blood, and he gets up and he, like, starts tying his sheets together so that he can jump out the window. And when he's doing that, it cuts to, like, behind him, and B is standing behind him watching him do all of this, and so, like, she grabs him, he faints, and she ties him up and puts him in the living room, and then they, like, start interrogating him about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and so there's... <laughs> they, like, feed him a cookie, and he has a pocket knife hidden on him, and he starts cutting the ropes that are tying his hands together, and they're like, we can see you doing that in the mirror, and he, like, doesn't stop cutting his ropes, because they're not doing anything, they're just like, you know, we yeah. can see you doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't this care, I just really get out funny. Of Like, there was a lot of, <laughs> yeah, this like, is... good bits in this movie. Yeah, it was pretty, it's... pretty good. It's very much a solid horror comedy that's very wish fulfillment for every kind of nerdy kid who 
learned a lot about um, movies kind of early on. So most film majors. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's a very cool little wish fulfillment film that manages to be playful and self-aware enough that it's it's just a really fun time. Yeah, and all the all the actors are like so good. Like that obviously Samara Weaving, but like yeah, the kid is amazing. All of the friends are like super funny and charismatic. Like there was not a bad mm-hmm. performance in this movie. I really enjoyed watching everyone. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, like and they also I like how they almost have respect for Cole for like yeah. avoiding them or killing them off. Like th- there's a point where Cole kills off one of the the friend group with, uh, I think, some bug spray and uh, firework. And, like, <laughs> there's this big jock guy who's like, did you just kill Sonia? Wow! Well <laughs> <Yeah>. done! <laughs> so, so, like, we were going through the IMDb page because, like, there's a bunch of people in this movie that have been in, like, other things, mostly comedies, which I thought was kind of funny. So you've got Samara Weaving as B, then you have... Um, Oh, I gotta look up the names because <laughs> I gotta, I gotta remember the names. Um, so Judah Lewis was cool. Um, mm-hmm. We have the Robbie babysitter. Amell as Max, who was like the jock, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's so Fred he was, in the Scooby Doo remakes, right? He is. He, he's Fred in the Scooby Doo movies that they did for Cartoon Network, but he's also in a couple other things that are like. Um, like, comic or comedies. Um, and then you have, uh, Haname Lee's Sonia, who's in the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, She ate her twin in the womb and she is thriving. Yeah, I love (laughs) it. Then you have Bella Thorne as Allison, who's, like, the the preppy redheaded girl who's, like, freaking out because they shot her in the the boob. (laughs) Relatable Um, content. Yep. Um, then Andrew Bachelor is John. Um, and he's in To All the Boys I've Loved Before as Greg. And then he's been in the newest creep show. Um, Ooh, I haven't seen that one. I haven't watched it either, but um, I know there's like a couple episodes that are like apparently super iconic that I need to watch. There's one where they have Ted Raimi on and he turns into a deadite. <laughs> and I yes. had to watch it. Um, and then um, there's a girl in this named uh, her, so her name is Emily Allen Lind, but she plays a character named Melanie. Um, and she's like the girl that lives like next door or across the street or something that um Cole has a crush on. Um, and she's also in Doctor Sleep as Snakebite. Oh, that's what yeah. I was. That was bugging me the whole damn time. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. The other so and then like Ken Marino and Leslie Bibb are Cole's parents, and like I was sitting there trying to figure out where the hell I'd seen Leslie Bibb before, but she's in the league as uh, Megan. <laughs> well, and um, and what she, was the the dad's name? Uh, Ken Marino. He's in like, and a I've whole seen bunch him from Wet Hot American Summer is the main thing I know him from. Yeah. He's, he, hold on. If it will load, he's in, like, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, oh, like yeah, no, Children's he's Hospital. one of those. Comedi- 
Oh my uh, god. She was in the midnight meat train. <laughs> Leslie. Be- <gasps> yeah, she's she in like a whole bunch wife. of shit. Oh man. Oh, oh, wait, is she the <laughs> no. Oh, no. She's the one that got her ass hey. ate. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, she's moved up in the world, so because I liked her in this movie. Yeah. I thought she was a good mom. Apparently she was also in Trick or Treat. What, what <gasps> she? Yeah, she's the she's the girl in the opening who takes down the Halloween decorations too early. What? Okay. This woman Sam is gets prevalent her. in my life and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> you know, it's funny, she um, might actually be in more horror movies, because I consider Samara Weaving to be like one of our modern uh female horror icons. Um, but she's only been in like three horror movies, but damn. What a three horror movie list. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, she's also the wife in Ricky Bobby, the one that, like... Oh my th- gosh. <laughs> the one that he's, like, married to at the beginning, and then they get a divorce because, like, he, like, loses his mojo or whatever, and then <laughs> she starts dating John C. Riley. And then she dates <sighs> this schmuck in this movie and has a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she- a babysitter. <laughs> so she's, um... In so I watched the league because Mark Duplass is in it because I'm that much of a shithead. <laughs> um, but she like she's like his wife at the beginning of the show, and then they get a divorce, and then at the end of the show, uh, she marries one of the other uh, characters. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I think it's just Ooh. so funny. Like there are just these people that are like. They're in a whole bunch of shit, and then you don't even realize until you look at their IMDb. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they gathered them all together for one bloody good time. They yep. did. They did. So what was you guys' favorite kill? Um, Ooh. Damn. I really liked the one that they did, the very first one, where it's like they stabbed the kid through the head. Yeah. And the blood pour into the goblets or whatever, because, like, that was really fun. And then uh, John, like, gets sprayed in the face with brain juice. <laughs> that was like, pretty good. <laughs> oh, and then the 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 second part of that joke is, like, later on, they, like, kill the cops that show up. And um, John gets sprayed in the face again with cop blood and is, like... <laughs> He says that about three out of four people have AIDS, and he's like, "I'm covered in two people's blood, two people's blood, so I definitely have AIDS now." And I was like, "That's not how that works." But okay, it was really funny though. Uh, just watching he's... him freak out about it is just very funny. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the other one that was really funny was when Sonya died, and uh, she got <laughs> like exploded. That was funny. That was really fun. Oh, not only that, I loved the delayed delivery. I love this joke when, like, someone just in a movie won't die. I think that's really funny. Like, she blows up and then she goes, I'm still here, asshole. And then there's a second explosion yeah. immediately after. <laughs> yeah, and then she funny. dies. That was great. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This My favorite. Fun. Oh, yeah. My favorite was probably. It's not the goriest, but I listen. I, I love Queen, and I love 
big Mm -hmm. dramatic payoffs. So there's a whole running thing about how Cole is scared of everything. He can't even drive a car with his dad in an empty parking lot. And then at the end of the movie, when he's finally had enough, he runs over to um, the girl next door's house, steals her dad's penis-shaped midlife crisis car, and um, (laughs) rams it into his house where um, the babysitter is. And just... there. We Are the Champions by Queen is playing and the car flips in midair and just goes through the front window right on top of her. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's well, I liked it. It was it was a good payoff and I was like, this is awesome. I'm having a good time. But yeah. my favorite part of the movie was probably when there's a scene where the jock is chasing him down and then the bully shows up and the jock is like, well, no, 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 you're not dying a coward, not today, and gives him advice on how to stand up to the bully and like yeah. cheers him on and he's like, you go, kid, you got this, like a big brother. And then- um, Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> the kid still gets his ass beat and the guy comes out and he's like, man, you gotta learn how to stand up for yourself. And the kid like slaps him in the face and he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then yeah. he proceeds to chase him down to kill him. That that was my favorite little sequence in the that movie. That was a great moment. I really liked that character. So like he also spends half of the movie shirtless. Um, oh, the that, shirt got that part where he's like, why is he shirtless? <laughs> yeah, like, that's the first thing Cole asks when he wakes up, and he's, like, tied up, and he's just like, why is he shirtless? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, be. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, honestly, probably would be he, the first question on my mind, too. So, yeah. the, like, his whole thing, that character, is that, like, he's actually there because he really likes to murder people. <laughs> so I was getting, like, Patrick Bateman vibes from him. yeah honestly yeah yeah i feel i really liked i feel like the characters were like a good mix of like exaggerated but also like i don't know like you, you know you still kind of know these people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was a nice a nice blend i guess because they definitely do fall into some of the like more tropey things but mm-hmm. like I don't know. It was still just fun. Like, I just can't really find any qualms with it. I'm like, yeah, it was tropey, but, like, you know, who cares? It was fun. Yeah. And it was written by someone who clearly loves the tropes of horror and is, like, I don't know, not looking down on it, but playing with it. It just felt like a like a kid playing with a Lego set of a horror movie with a babysitter and not, like, someone... I don't... (sighs) Scary Movie's a whole different bag, but Scary Movie feels like it's looking down on it a little bit more than this one. Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, a direct parody of anything like Scary Movie is, but it's definitely having fun with the the tropes of, like, horror movies and, like, how, like, you know, some of the stuff is, like, done so, like, over and over again that, like, it gets kind of boring if you're not doing it in a fun way and I feel like they were like, let's just have fun with it. And they did they did a good job. I I gotta give them that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there are two things for me that really sell this movie is one, the babysitter is very much presented as like the ultimate male fantasy. She knows all the movie quotes. She, she is there to bolster you up and make you feel cool and you guys like all the same stuff and it's perfect. But I also love that she's the villain. I think that was a great switch, and I like that they do have this 
genuine connection throughout as well that makes it hard for her to do the things she's doing when she's being a good guy and when she's being a bad guy. It's really, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. like I did get the impression that she genuinely cared about him, um, but she also just like was more like her selfishness won out. Like she's like, well, yeah, I care about you, but also I'm going to look out for me. I'm like, honestly, respect. Like, I don't know. You say, you say this is a male fantasy, but I'm like, this is my fantasy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I both want to date her like, and I want to be her. Yeah, she's like ideal mm. GF kind of like fantasy. Yeah. It's not even like a male fantasy either. Just like a really chill, cool person that you could like just hang out with. Yeah, you, know? you just want you just want to know this person. Like, I I yeah. want her in my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's interesting kind of playing that off of the um, the girl next door who kind of has a similar vibe. Like, she's not just pure and innocent. Like, she's like, oh, go see if they're having an orgy. And, like, my dad's insecure <laughs> about his masculinity. And just, like, she, she feels like a real kid and you can understand why they get along as well. And, like, when the, the romance happens, I, I like that. Also, I think... I do think it is necessary because I think the movie plays it off well, but like somebody out there's probably, th this was a conversation that needed to be had while making the movie. They didn't want to steer into the uncanny valley with these two. They wanted to go through the whole like, yeah, it would make sense for a kid to like fantasize about his babysitter and love her in this way. But we also have to be very clear about where we're going with this. And I think they, they did yeah. thread that line very well. Yeah, I agree. I was, like, a little bit nervous when they do the whole thing about the kid having the crush on the babysitter. I'm like, oh, no. But, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't <laughs> they didn't go there with that. Yeah, yeah they kept it to um, the relationship of a younger kid who has, like, genuine love and admiration for this babysitter. And this babysitter, like, really caring about this kid. But, you know, they're also an adult who has demon shit to do. So they can't. They, they can't do that, bro. And it wasn't like a yeah. Lolita, like, oh, I really want to unrequited love thing. No, it was very, no. hey, we're, we're buddies. It was a little, but I like that Cole also said, like, I'm not going to let you do this to other kids because it hurts that we did have this genuine mm. connection and you used it to get something from me. And that, that, that hurt. Yeah. yeah. Also, she does a jump scare at the end that's very hot. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely, like, curious to see what they do with the sequel, because I feel like there's a lot of options you could do with the with this character. Yeah, well, she's almost like shit. an anti-hero. Like, yeah! Because she does um, kill the cheerleader when she goes after Cole. That's probably another... In terms of gory deaths, that's my favorite, where she shoots her point blank in the head and all the goo falls on Cole. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. That was a good moment. It was. Also, the costume design in this movie was fantastic. Like, I wanted every yeah. single outfit that she wore. It was so cool. And, like, the bright yeah. cheerleader outfit and just the, even the shirtless guy. God, that was yeah. a choice, and I appreciate them for making it. And, oh, God, the beret with... um. Sonia, she just looked very yeah. like you. You got a vi a vibe immediately, kind of like we were talking about. You okay. where you see this the trope they are, but it's just stylized enough that it feels unique. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I thought of immediately when I saw like Sonia's outfit and like the get up and stuff. Have y'all seen uh, James and the Giant Peach? 
Yes, it's been yes. a long time. Yes. Do you know Miss Spider, Spider in that movie? That's oh. what I was getting from her. Like a humanized Miss Spider. Yeah, oh, that fits. I could see that. That fits real well. Yeah. <laughs> and like actually when well, um good. he fights her, he's like under the house in the crawl space. And like at the beginning of the yeah. movie, he talks about like, ooh, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to like go in there because there's spiders. There's actually a spider in that scene. He's, like, hiding under a blanket, and there's a huge tarantula on top of him. And she's like, oh, I love you so much. You're so cute. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the strangest meeting so in the giant well. peach prequel I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what is it? The but editing yeah. also is very um, Edgar Wright and James Gunn, Ian. In that, like, there yeah. are bright, bold letters on the screen. There are things timed to music. The editing very much is a character in and of itself. They're not afraid yeah. to play with slow motion and rhythmic editing, st- all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, there was a point where, like, he, like, gets the pocket knife out and it says, pocket knife, bitches. It's <laughs> <I was laughs> yep. like, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's a very, com- like, there's, like, moments, it's, like, very comic booky, and I really kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. I I dug it. I feel like it it's paced well, and um, I don't know. I I just I it, I enjoyed it. I feel like it, this movie does everything that it sets out to do, and it was a fun time. Yeah, yeah, and it fits the the main character who is very clearly a movie buff. So like Im- imitating these styles makes sense for his character and how he would see the world and respond to the world. So I think there is a narrative reason for it. And um, I think they pull it off with a lot of love and um, competence. Like the editing is truly beautiful. I love the vibrancy of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was like watching this movie. I was like, the color writing is so nice. Like even like though they're in the, in the dark in a lot of these scenes, it's like, it's still really colorful. Like, they would do, like, shots of, like, people's faces, and they didn't look washed out. Like, the the way that they, like, got some art, like, they're, you know, like, sometimes in, like, movies and you look at someone and, like, their eyes don't have any color to them? It yeah. was, like, they, they got Samara Weaving's eyes to be so bright blue and dark shots. Like, I was, like, a little surprised at how well that they had color graded this. I personally am a fan of mov- horror movies, especially, that use a lot of color. I am not yeah. uh, a subtle or minimal person. I am very much more color, more glitter, more everything. And when you add blood yeah. on top of that and viscera and shit and all that jazz, I'm just, I'm happy. And I love that we're mm-hmm. in that stage right now. It feels like with like Midsommar and, yep, I'm going to say it, Malignant. <laughs> and this <laughs> film, um... <laughs> And it just feels like a harken back to the 70s. I'm not sure this one is homaging the 70s, more the 80s, but the 80s also had that very colorful vibe with the Lost Boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are quite a few movies that um, are, like, very colorful in the 80s. Um, I, well, the I will say it for one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say a lot of them, like... You don't realize it, but, like, there's also a lot of brown washed-out color in a lot of 80s movies. So, like, it's very, like, you could tell when, like, something was shot during that time period because it just, it's, it's kind of brown. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it makes all the other colors pop a lot more. I still which, prefer, okay. yeah, it's like, I still prefer that to the, um, 
gray green, green i was thinking like the green nasty green tones from like the saw oh. movies like the early 2000s oh. everyone was obsessed i thought you were gonna this, say like, twilight <laughs> oh no hey, I, hey. Twilight does have a weird green tint too though but like it's a more colorful green than the Saw movies. Yeah, it's like everything in the early 2000s, they just really wanted like this ugly green color, and I do not understand. And I'm very glad we're over that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and like, like, we I have like the technology to make things look really bright and fun and colorful, and I'm glad that we're utilizing it. Yeah, and I think people are able to use the flat colors with purpose now. Like, the Vavitch is very, like, it's all natural light, so it does have a certain flatness because it's more realistic, but it also fits the themes of the film and the time period that it's set in. So, like, I'm okay with it when it fits. And also the the imagery that contrasts the Vavitch in the night is much more stark and when the color hits it really freaking pops so i think like yeah i just all this to say i love films that consciously use color period yeah <laughs> yeah i think that yeah that's a good way to put it like i would say for this film it's definitely like very heightened and um you know exaggerated so i feel like it, yeah like that definitely makes sense for it to use um really bright colors mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, because like Marty said, it's it's very comic booky, very science like it's hearkening to science fiction. It's hearkening to pretty much every genre, and I mean it is because it's the hero's journey. It's the kid becoming a man, you know, but on his own terms. And I I am okay yeah. with that. I like that a lot. They end yeah. the movie with him being like, "I'm a man." <laughs> no, he he says he tells his parents, "I don't need a babysitter anymore," and yeah. I'm like, "Yep." Honestly, yeah, he could take care of himself. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Um, I think Sam Raimi said like something about a trial by blood or something he in must order taste to blood to be a man. That's the one. The... Yep. That that Maybe... quote is actually in my going back to when we talked about the Evil Dead thing. That's in my essay about trans ash. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, like, honestly, I'm kind of going, like, I don't know, I related super hard to this character, because yeah. I'm kind of going through a uh, a phase in my life where I'm, like, just trying to become more confident and say, like, fuck mm-hmm. it, I can do what I want, and, like, you know, there's nothing that can stop me. And, like, I guess just kind of realizing, like, oh, I've been afraid of all these things that I actually, like, don't need to be worried about. Um, So, I don't know. It was kind of, like, cathartic in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I did kind Mm of, I did kind of relate to that. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, especially there's a scene, I can't remember, I think he's talking to uh, C, no, what's B, he's talking to B in his room when he's like, thank you for for just talking to me and not thinking I'm a weirdo and just liking me for me. And she's like, who thinks you're, you're not cool. And he's like, I don't know everybody. I just know, I don't feel right. And that, I feel like that is such a perfect encapsulation of adolescence where there's so much changing and you're realizing so much about yourself and how the world views you and reacts to you changing that is really scary and when you find someone who you click with and vibe with it's it feels safe 
and it feels good. And I just, it's, it's heartbreaking when that person leaves. And I don't know. I just love that you really do feel like she saw him, like despite everything. And it's really cool. Mm -hmm. I I like that they captured that feeling of youth very well. Like that felt authentic to me. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we all just need to drive a car through a house. And then and kill we'll feel like adults. <laughs> and kill our babysitters. Did you guys have babysitters? Yeah. Um, when I Do you was remember really little, your babysitters? Like, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, my parents had to go to a lot of um, events for my dad's work. So it was, like, pretty mm-hmm. common for Ethan and I. And basically what would happen is, like, um, the company that my dad worked for like, he would get one of his co-workers' kids to babysit us. Like, you know, obviously he had co-workers who had kids who were, like, teenagers. So they would babysit us. And then when I got older, I was the babysitter for, like, my dad's co-workers' younger kids. So it's just kind of, like, a thing. That makes sense. Um, let's see. I think the last time I had, like, a babysitter babysitter was, like, eight um, and it was, it was, like, my sister's friends who would come over and hang out <laughs> with us. Um, I don't, Sarah something, I don't remember her last name, but she would always bring over, like, a bunch of, like, candy and stuff for us. She would, like, go to the mall and, like, go to, like, the candy store, and then she would just, like, buy bags upon bags of Dr. Pepper jelly beans and bring them over. Aww. That's really <laughs> yeah. sweet. I yeah. remember is, we used to... Oh, yeah. We used to go to my um, my friends, because we, we knew a family who had kids that were the same age as me and my brother, and we would go to their house in the summer, because my mom had summer band, and we'd just mess around their house, which was like a massive farmyard. Like, they had goats and chickens, and we'd have... And I was, I do remember, I learned a lot about sexism because I was the only girl. And I still remember the most, like, backhanded sexist thing that was ever said to me was, um, women are only good for cooking and the best cook in the world isn't even a woman. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking What's going on? Yeah, it was a weird time. Uh, anyway, so that's what I remember about Big baby yikes. being babysat. But I do also, I've babysat myself, like, a lot. Like, I think the <laughs> the weirdest thing, because I always had the fear that the kids were going to kill me, or I was going to, like, accidentally look away and look back and boom, they're gone. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, there was one time I was babysitting, like, four or five kids, and we were playing a game, and I was starting to lose control because the brothers were fighting, and they were, like, throwing their apples-to-apples cards at each other, and they were starting to, like break the glass table and I was like okay everybody settle down and then the toddler who has been napping runs down the stairs drops her pants and takes a big old shit on the floor and I was like why did you (laughs) do that and she said I don't like fighting (laughs) what a power move (laughs) dang kids are amazing and so much smarter she would survive the babysitter she, she would. would. Kill she could kill. Me. That is incredible. Oh my god. Yeah. I I can't even fathom that happening. Like I I've told this to everyone before like 
Because my, my sister was like, you know, if you took up babysitting, you'd make a lot of money. I was like, yeah, but, like, also, I don't want to have to deal with children pooping everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I can deal with just kids. kind of confirms it. Yeah, kids are hilarious say- in short spans of time for me. I like the stories I can tell as long as I can go to bed at the end of the day and know they're somewhere else being cared for by someone else. <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, baby poop does, like, hit way worse than anything. Because I've Ugh. looked after a lot of... I've taken care of a lot of living creatures. So I used to raise puppies. I've done kittens. You name it. Lizards and all sorts of things. Um, and I've cleaned up a lot of messes. But yeah, baby diaper, like, does really hit Ugh. bad. Um, mm-hmm. but luckily I didn't have to deal with that. I tried to, like, avoid babysitting actual babies. I was, like, mostly- yeah. I usually ended up with older kids, which was kind of nice. Like, that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually became really good friends with a lot of the kids that I babysat. And, um, kind of like the characters in this movie, I guess. Like, I genuinely enjoyed spending time with them, and I thought, like, they were really smart and fun. And you did um, the devil sacrament when they went to bed. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I like that Just they let this more. kid be a badass, but also be a kid. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, he felt like a real child. Yeah. yeah. But a smart one who knows cop codes, I guess. <laughs> he knows cop codes, but he doesn't know what the word orgy means. Yeah, well, that's, like, so true, also. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I remember being 12, and my best friend in middle school, like, you know, you would just repeat stuff that you heard, but you didn't know what Mm -hmm. it meant. So, like, one day, Mm -hmm. she just, like, went up to someone and called them an orgasm, and then we had to explain (laughs) to her, like, what that means. And, like... Oh my god. I don't know, it just... Like, that hit... Re- that hit close to home when he also, like doesn't I think, know what an orgy is. I think the parenting normally in these movies you're like, why don't the parents do? I actually think the parents are pretty good in this movie. Like they just they want to yeah. get away. The kid doesn't call them, um, and like she's babysat for them before, so there's precedent that they should be able to trust her. And I like the little driving lesson where he doesn't give his kid a hard time for not being ready. He's like, it's okay, we'll try again another day. Um, The kid says yeah. something offensive to the mom, and she's like, just don't, she nips it in the bud. She's like, don't say that word. Mm-hmm, do you, yeah. And like asks him like, hey, do you know what this word means? And kind of talks him through it. And, you know, like there's mm-hmm. some good parenting on display. Except for yeah, the part where they I, cu- semi-fight in front of him. Although they didn't seem super... They didn't seem as sitcom couple as I've seen other couples be in movies. Yeah. I, I think, like, the only... If, like, they were in the movie more than they were, they probably would have been a little... Like, they feel competent, so, like, I, I feel like they would have, like, known what to do and stuff. But, like, the the only thing that was that, like, they weren't there. <laughs> and like that's I mean that's good setup and like I didn't feel like I needed to hate them for any reason so I would call this a win yeah yeah. I think the film wasn't super concerned about 
them being bad parents. It was more interested in the relationship between the babysitter and the kid. Like, the kid would talk about, like, do you think my parents are going to get divorced? But, like, that felt like a very... I feel like that's one of the only things you talk about as a kid. It's like, what do you think my parents are up yeah. to? I don't know. It's like, I feel like pretty much every kid has had that moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's always some stupid fight, and then, like, you don't really... <laughs> like... It it's like always something like really petty that you you think your parents are gonna get divorced over and then like I don't know <laughs> that's how also, I felt usually I like yeah. in hindsight a lot of the stuff that my parents would fight over is like dumb stuff yeah I would like to say there is a running joke in this film about Mad Men being overrated and I have not seen Mad Men so I cannot confirm per- my personal opinion of whether or not that's true however I am sick of hearing about Mad Men so I found it very funny <laughs> <laughs> you're Don I Draper it was funny too you, you act all cool like and Don suave Draper. and then you go home and he has a wife <laughs> you're just an asshole <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, uh, well, do funny. we do we have any last thoughts before we wrap things up? Um, I mean, like, if you have Netflix, this is one that you should probably watch because it's very it's very funny, and you'd probably get a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those horror movies I could recommend even for people who aren't super into the genre because it's got other things. It's got a, a fun little coming of age story. It's got really funny jokes, and it's got. A style that's not typical for horror, so I think that'll get you through some of the more gory bits. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I think it it lives up to the hype of being a good fun time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. We also have a Patreon, so please go check that out. Um, we appreciate any support that is thrown our way. It helps us pay for keeping our show still active. If you want to um, support us even further, we do have stickers with the Netflix and Kill logo listed on our Etsy page. So also check that out. Um it's I love our logo design. Marty did it. It's super badass. I did do it. <laughs> so share the <laughs> love. Yeah. Special shout out to Jenna and Miyoko for um being some of our higher donors on Patreon. We really appreciate you both. And um it is time to do my monthly announcement. So the higher tier donors have the option to let us read a custom message and Miyoko has sent us another poem so I'm going to read Miyoko's poem (gasps) yay yes (laughs) a breeze in the desert I feel as though I could turn and see you the ocean upon me but the sand beneath my feet is not shell and if I asked I would say I have never known water I love all of Miyoko's poems they're so oh, good. Yeah, that was great. Oh man, I awesome. felt the sand on my toes, but it's shells, but it's also poetry. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Miyoko. All right. Um, again, thank you to everyone for listening. Stay tuned for some really cool Halloween stuff coming up. And as always, may your nightmares be plentiful. 
Drive a car into your house. Just do it. <laughs>